Hey New Rockstars fans, the upcoming audio is going to be a sneak preview of our new show, Westeros Weekly. It's going to cover all the big questions that you guys have after every week of a new episode of Game of Thrones. We'll put that out every Monday, and then we're also going to release on the new Westeros Weekly podcast stream our Game of Thrones breakdowns that we already do on YouTube. In fact, they're going to come out a little earlier for you on the podcast, so make sure that you subscribe to the Westeros Weekly audio feed so you can get this show and those breakdowns coming up soon so again this is just a preview of that new show you gotta subscribe to the other stream if you want more game of thrones content all right bye hey guys welcome back to westeros weekly the show that answers your biggest questions about game of thrones i'm philip molina and here with me this week is eric voss this is the second of two preview episodes that we're doing before the eighth season premiere on april 14th it is almost here, yes. which is nuts. Uh, a reminder that this show is now a podcast. You can get this. Also, Eric's Game of Thrones episode breakdowns that he's going to be doing throughout the season. And our debrief show, all in audio form. Uh, they come out earlier on the podcast streams yes. than the videos do on YouTube. So, for instance, if you guys are like the kind that are going to be tweeting at Eric, where's the effing breakdown? Uh, just get on uh, your podcast app yes. and subscribe to the Westeros Weekly podcast specifically. You can do that on Alan iTunes, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcasts. And here's the, the truth of it. It's really important at the beginning of a, of a new podcast that we get a new subscription. So if you're watching this, even if you prefer the video version, please go to iTunes and subscribe to, to this podcast. Uh, it helps us out a lot with doing more of these. Yeah, just helping new rock stars in general talk yeah, more yeah. about this stuff for you. Yeah. All right, let's start as we always do. The big question. Ah. Oh, no. Oh, Uh, look at those pearly uh, whites. A three-eyed raven upgraded from two eyes last week. Uh. Eyes can be white, too. What did this raven ask us? Big question. What does the Night King want? Right. Great so, question. So every week we, we start with the big question. This is the question that we're really going to go into this episode. Later uh-huh. on, we're going to go into more uh, questions that you guys sent to us uh, on Twitter with the hashtag Westeros Weekly. Uh, obviously, there are so many going uh, into this season, but we're going to start specifically. This one actually came from one of you guys at Bacon Awesome Love. What does the Night King want? Uh this is kind of like the the big question of what's his real plan? Like yes. we've never known his plan because he don't speak. He doesn't, he never talks and he's not even in the books either. So there's another version of the character that's in the books we'll talk about later. But really this has just been the threat that's been from the very first scene of the entire series. The White Walkers have been this looming presence now. Uh, I guess you could say they're a booming presence. They're like taking down the wall. Uh, the Night King has a dragon. They're headed south. They're headed for Winterfell. Uh, they're a full blown opponent uh, for all the living characters on the show, an existential threat for everyone who's currently living and breathing. And we don't know exactly what his agenda is, but we have to assume that it's something more than just global conquest or uh, well, I mean, destruction. We, if it were something else, we could certainly like uh, be worried that that would be as lame as that, right? Where it's just like, I want global conquest of a, a made-up planet. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't think it's going to be that. I think something that Game of Thrones has done really well, especially, honestly, the show, is always bring things backward to the characters yes. and that it's actually our characters that we're already familiar with that are the most important in the overall events of, of Westeros. So that's kind of the route we're going to take here. If you're wondering what's his greater plan, we think, at least, it's actually directly tied to a character on this show that currently exists and we know the name of. So there's a reason Night King is, you know, he's this evil, ancient force. He's coming south now after thousands yeah. of years, Why right? Now? Yeah, he could have done this at, at any point when, when they were much weaker, maybe before there were dragons around, right? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. is, which is a big threat. So it makes sense that, it, that for some reason it's tied to the people who are alive right now and also just genuinely that's better storytelling, right? Yes. It'd be like if, if uh, you're watching Halloween and, and you're like, oh man, Mike Myers is such a threat and then suddenly like a, a, a Sharknado comes in and it ends the right. movie for you. It'd be like, why, why did that happen? Unless instead it's like, no, this Sharknado is motivated by the character. Like the initial shark is who created Michael Myers at the beginning of the whole thing. Right. We just want that to tie backwards. Yeah, some of you could say, well, it's purely a seasonal thing. The Night King's just coming south because this is the first time we've had a long night level winter. But then it's just like, 
like, well, if it's just natural forces, then it's like, oh, well, the shark attacked Amity Island just because it was summer. Like, that's right. not as exciting. And Jeeper just did his creeper just because it was 28 <laughs> years later. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So uh, what's our first theory of, uh, what do we think would be the most satisfying character that might be the object of the, the true motivation uh, yeah, for actions? <laughs> well, I, I think, obviously, we, we have to go directly to the person we've seen him kind of uh, uh, bitchy glare at the most, uh, which is Jon Snow. Yes. So the multiple times that these guys have faced off, I think it's really interesting that the Night King was like unstoppable and yet he didn't kill Jon Snow. Uh, yes. It feels like he, multiple times Jon Snow could have died other than the time he died, mm-hmm. uh, but, but he still could have died. And it feels like maybe this is just a, the real theory mode here. Uh, Night King doesn't want to kill Jon Snow. Hmm. It could be, obviously there's a bunch of uh, different reasons. Uh, one is kind of like maybe he wants to work with Jon Snow. Maybe he uh. wants to, to get Jon Snow in a certain scenario and then maybe Jon can come to his side or become an heir. But I, I actually think if you think about the fact that Jon Snow is kind of on this path that is feels unfinished, right? Mm-hmm. He's been resurrected before, which might be essential to where the Night King wants to place Jon Snow. Then this could all make sense as part of Jon potentially becoming Azor Ahai, or uh-huh. the prince that was promised. Yes. Uh, if Jon is on this destin- destiny path that has all these requirements, it could be that he needs to be placed in an exact certain status where he has accepted what I'm going to call the mantle of Azor Ahai, right? Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not already Azor Ahai. He needs to, you know, it, that prophecy goes with, with killing his, his baby mama, right? Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of very specific things that need to happen. That might need to be exactly who John becomes. And then the night King can either try to turn him or kill him or something, mm-hmm. but it's all about John actually has to achieve that status first. That's interesting. And maybe we could be looking at a scenario where the Night King, because he seems to be a green seer, one of the people in the Game of Thrones universe who can see into the future and see events before they happen, right. as uh, Jojen Reed and Bran is. Uh, is it possible that the Night King knows that his death is imminent and is looking for this heir to replace him to lead the White Walkers? And that's the way that John could vanquish the forces of the Night King by becoming a new leader and taking them back north. There's this idea that John could follow in the same steps of uh, Cold Hands in the books, but they merged the character with Benjen Star in the show, uh, and the way Benjamin Stark had that kind of half-white uh, appearance, you know, uh, is mulatto, <laughs> different uh, phonetic pronunciation of white. Uh, oh. He said that he was <laughs> gotcha. stabbed in the heart with dragon glass when he was about to die, and that allowed him to stay in this weirdly pseudo-immortal state. And some people are thinking that that could be John's fate, and the way that he has been brought back to life before, and the way that the Night King was created by the Children of the Forest by being stabbed in the in the mm-hmm. heart with a dragonglass blade that that could be john's fate and he could fill in to become the new night king or the knight's king which we'll talk about more in in this episode and become the new leader of the white walkers and well and kind of moving on to our, our next person that i think it, this could be about it, it but it still connects here uh let's remember i, I the reason i was saying that maybe azora high is a mantle that you can uh earn or achieve uh is because maybe uh no one currently has it. The Night King is down to to wait until John has it, but he doesn't kill John early because John will not have become Azor Ahai yet, and then mm. maybe somebody else can become Azor Ahai. Uh-huh. So he's waiting for someone to become officially Azor Ahai, and then he can kill them. Uh, but uh, for example, let's say John does go down. Well, the Azor Ahai prophecy is is very 2019. It's gender neutral. That's true. Right? Yeah. It, it could be anyone. So yeah, that Ms. means they said it was prince or princess as a technical exactly. Yeah, in, in the uh, uh, yeah, so it could be Daenerys. Yes. Daenerys could actually be the princess that was promised. She has a lot of uh, things that line up with the prophecy mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. So kind of same idea, uh, but maybe his whole motivation is waiting till she ends up as Azor Ahai and then taking her down because she's the only one that could potentially stop him. Right, and she does have dragons, and some are saying like he didn't really know dragons existed in their full form this way with the three that she had until more recent seasons of the show, but again, if we assume that he's a green seer, that he can see things that are happening all over Westeros and Essos, then maybe he knew that these uh, dragons existed. There's also the the long-running debate uh, over what is the true source of magic in this show. Is it the return of the White Walkers that are reactivating formerly dead magic, mm-hmm. or is it the return of the dragon eggs? Is it like the egg or the king, which came first, right? Uh, and chicken. I uh, yeah. chicken. <laughs> chicken, chicken. Uh, but the uh, dragon eggs, I feel like, are this kind of sleeping magic that came from Essos somewhere deep in the Shadowlands, and the Night King 
possibly saw these dragon eggs there as a looming presence. Because, of course, dragons existed throughout the Targaryen dynasty for years and years, but they were dying out. They were becoming weaker and weaker over generations. Little baby dog-sized dragons. Right, yeah, the and then they, they were sickly and they would die, you know. But in this case, maybe he's like, oh, this is going to reemerge as a major threat to my power, and I have to destroy or consume this superpower and he's already done it with one of the dragons and maybe his goal right. is to do it with the other two. Uh, Daenerys's dragons are similar at least to, to Balerion and, and these ancient yes. dragons that are known to be these huge threats so it is kind of you know there's been a reawakening in the dragon force yes. so he, he could potentially have suddenly care because this is legit magic that's going on and maybe he wants to wield all of the magic he clearly has his own kind of ice based magic mm -hmm. uh which could mean why also i'm just gonna remind everyone the wall was supposedly protected by a magical barrier as yes. well as just being real cold um so <laughs> and very it, tall and yeah thin. yeah exactly and wall ish uh, so it might not have just been fire that was needed to, to take it mm -hmm. down, but specifically a kind of magical fire that was being wielded by the Night King. That kind of could be yeah. one kind of microcosm of his overall plan of, I need to wield all of the, the magic mm -hmm. under my power in order to achieve my plan. So maybe he actually needed there, he needed to wait until there were dragons mm -hmm. of a certain status around again so he could wield them so he could cross the wall. And then his ultimate plan there, if we just assume that dragons are a tool to get to his greater plan. His plan, if we assume it's Daenerys, would just be to take out the person who could uh, potentially be a check on that power as someone who yeah, has I a mean, nuclear I mean, codes, they're her, her children, yeah. right, too. Yeah. It's like, like, hey, I need your son to, to do this crazy thing. It's kind of like, no, these are my kids. Like, like, no, thank you. So he has to kill her, obviously, right. in order to take them. Yeah. Well, there's another potential source of magic that could be the, his main target, Bran, right? Uh, Brandon Stark or young Brand. Stark, yeah. Brandon. So, so obviously these two are are linked pretty intensely, right? Uh, and I think if you kind of remember, go back to uh, season six is when they have their their interaction, yes. and uh, the Night King uh, suddenly and and violently gropes Bran, <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, and it catches Bran off guard, but it, le it leaves a mark uh, that Bran will show you on a doll if you if you need. But uh, the those there was clearly some sort of transference in that moment, uh -huh. and it could be some sort of uh, power transference, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you know. There, there is the fact that Bran is the the three eyed raven mm -hmm. at this point. The three eyed raven comes with its own magical abilities tied to the children of the forest. Yes. So again, it kind of goes with that same theory of if the Night King already has his own magic that he's wielding, but he kind of wants to be the one vessel of all magic. You know, then he's maybe after Bran, who is the current wielder of the most strong opposing force of magic, yes. and also the magic that probably made him. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that's a good point because the children of the forest we saw in season six in this flashback the children of the forest created the white walkers that was a big reveal that they uh, created them as this like uh white weapon of mass destruction right in their war with mm -hmm. the first men back in ancient times and it ended up being this kind of thing that blew up in their faces maybe because they found out white walkers have this way of reproducing and growing their numbers out of their own control and became a threat that in the way that you could argue nuclear power has become a threat to our own existence and blows up in our face and blows up in our face yeah. so we might be seeing a scenario where the Night King feels some kind of anger at his own existence and is going after the children of the forest. And maybe the Three-Eyed Raven is the human link that he has with the children of the forest. And Bran, as a new Three-Eyed Raven, is his new target because he wants to get back at them. And also he's the, he's the biggest threat. Right. right, he has the actual real power that he has of, of sight, the green scene, and yeah. uh, connections with the natural world and the power of the old gods. I like how like epic this all sounds and like based in like prophecy and destiny and whatnot, but that you kind of also implied that like it's rooted in like self hatred, yes. where he's just like, like oh. "Why am I? Yeah. <laughs> I hate me." <laughs> he looks at his reflection in like a frozen pond and just yeah, shatters it. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid, <laughs> your your stupid spiky he hair. Can't get his spiked hair <laughs> exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, those frosted tips. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we should we should acknowledge the fact that this is going deep, deep, deep into theory, and the books seem to love to go into this backstory because they are books, and that's the point of books. We're talking <laughs> about a show, and they have like hinted at some of this like deeper mythology. It will be very interesting to see if the show interesting is my word to use for um, surprising or potentially polarizing with a lot of people who watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. uh, if the show decides to go this deep into theory for these final six episodes in order to provide some answers and. and 
payoff for people who have these questions. But it is a potential way that they could go. And we have a, a deeper uh, a possible theory uh, for the direction the Night King could be going in regards to the children of the forest if that is his main M.O., Right. Yeah, isn't there also that theory with Bran where like, I mean, I know it's, it's really out there, but that idea that Bran maybe like warged backward uh, yes. into the the first man who was turned into the Night King. Yes, Bran and, equals and, Night King. And exactly, yeah. the Bran equals Night King theory, where essentially like he he is fighting himself all, all these years later, uh, and you know it's kind of like now the Night King has to go back and stop the old version of himself from stopping the new version, like that kind of complicated yes. Back to the Future 2 kind right. of like time travel right. well, logic. And like, it's almost like that movie Predestination. You see the Ethan Hawke movie where yeah, he's like, right, he's right, fighting right. I don't, am don't my own grandfather. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that whole complicated idea, that thought experiment. And if this sounds crazy to you, we have made a video about it. I think we made a video about this right after season seven ended. This is something that established by the show. Like uh, history as we knew it had already been affected by time travel that happened later in the series. Hodor, the reason Hodor says Hodor over and over again is that his mind was essentially fried from a time that would later happen in the future where Bran went back in time to when he was a boy. Right, it's and un- told unstuck him to in hold time. The door. Right. Uh, um, like logic or whatever, the Slaughterhouse-Five kind of yes. uh, energy, but what if the being un- unstuck in time usually means essentially time travel through, through consciousness, right. but it often doesn't really change anything. Uh, then there's kind of the quantum leap version of being mm-hmm. unstuck in time where you hop around and you make these small impacts. And then there's kind of what's almost more realistic of Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, you enter someone else's brain where there already is a consciousness and you fry their brain right. by doing that immediately. And there's, there's evidence of this that you can get trapped in someone's body back in time, like in the sunken place, essentially. The old Three-Eyed Raven told Bran, you can get trapped underneath the waves. Jojen Reed warned him about this. You can't warg for too long because you'll get trapped there. You could get trapped inside that body uh like tobias in the animorphs he became a nothlet yeah, he get trapped in the body exactly. of a hawk i'm gonna work at animorphs reference as much as i can but <laughs> the uh there's also this people tie this theory to lots of historical events in westeros people believe that the mad king may have gone mad because it was bran telling him in the past to burn them all burn being the white walkers but then the mad kings just started to lose his mind the way hodor you could say did and just decided to apply that to wildfire and all of his political enemies right it's interesting this idea of Bran has a megaphone that's kind of too loud for humans (laughs) to process. It reminds me of, is it in Dogma? Maybe uh, where the voice of God is too overwhelming for people to hear it. Oh, so they their so heads explode when they basically do it. their yeah. heads explode. Yeah. yeah, but that's what he's doing. Just like he's because it's kind of silly. Also, Brand's like, hey, maybe we should burn them all. And it's like hundred uh, hundred years earlier or something. Like a guy goes nuts and kills a bunch of people because yeah. he like Brand just said that once. And wouldn't that be ironic if the old gods, as the people of Westeros know them, are actually people from the future speaking to them from the future? I mean, isn't that what being a god is in modern time? Is like alien. Uh, helping yeah, Egyptians just, build the pyramids. It's just not understanding, right? Yes. Like somebody came in and said some amazing shit. And you're Are you just working like, in McConaughey from Interstellar? Uh, uh, I'll work in a McConaughey reference every time you do an Animorph <laughs> reference. <laughs> That's our deal. Uh, but let's talk about yeah. uh, maybe more broadly the Night King could be aimed at the entire Stark family. So what's right. the idea with that? So the Starks are one of these families that can be traced all the way back to the 1950s. Uh, <laughs> or even before that. And they were some of the, like, the first men. Uh, and there is this, clearly we've already seen the idea that the Night King comes from the first men. Uh, most likely, but it also could potentially be a Stark. He ah, just yes. straight up could be a Stark, right? There's that quote of Old Nan's where she she's not talking about this version of the Night King. She's talking about the Night King yeah, in the Knight, books. Apostrophe S. Yeah, yeah, which uh, which is it uh, could be the same character. We actually don't really know because the the show doesn't mention that one, and the book doesn't mention uh, the yes. Night King. Uh, so say it is the same one though. Even Old Nan, who is the definitive uh, like anything she says is true uh, person, uh, she's saying you know people think he could be a Bolton. Uh, he could be an Umber. A Flint, uh, but then she settles on no, he was a Stark. Yeah, the Knights King was a guy, he was a Lord Commander of the Knights Watch, and he decided he fell in love with either a white or a white walker. It's not really clear, but he's one of these guys who basically betrayed the the brothers of the Knights Watch and became this mysterious uh, uh mythed about figure. But the idea is this guy was a Stark. So if the show might 
tether that link together and decide that the Night King, as we've seen on the show, is actually this guy. He's an ancient Stark and might have some kind of lingering grudge against the surviving current generation of the Stark family. Yeah, which especially makes sense if you stick with that logic we were saying at the beginning of like, just keep the characters we already know. And, mm-hmm. and, and so this idea of, is the Night's King the same as the Night King? It's like, it would kind of suck if they now brought out a character. It's like, okay, it's going to be hard to keep track of, but this guy, he's called Night's King. <laughs> like, right. And they're going to, and they're going to be very like commonly confused. Like, I, I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. And, and the showrunners of the show, Benioff and Weiss are studied academics when it comes to the books. Like they're the ones who got the show because they correctly guessed who Jon right. Snow's real mother was when they pitched it. The idea to George R. R. Martin. So the idea of that, they had never heard of the Night's King or might have misread it and created a new character called the Night King. There's going to be some greater influence, I believe, from the Night King, as we've seen him on the show, from uh, the character in the books. There's, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some kind of backstory to him that right. could be connected to the Starks. Well, and, and speaking of, of his potential backstory, there's a few things we know from the show. So let's say we do take some stuff from, from the books and we do connect back to the stuff we were talking about with Bran earlier, you know, being connected to the, the uh, Children of the Forest. I'm kind of thinking that, you know, we're talking about the Night King's greater motivation. One element that, you know, so great, we have these character motivations. One thing I'm wondering is, like, where's he headed, right? I don't think it's, like, a a beachfront condo in Dorne. Like, I think he actually has a very specific place he's trying to get to on the other side of the wall. I'm curious if maybe part of his plan is all about getting to the Isle of Faces. Oh, right, yes. Right. So if if you guys uh, don't remember, uh, that's in the Southern Riverlands, basically. Uh, And it could be where the Children of the Forest have run off because they they were cast off and almost all killed. If there are any Children of the Forest, left it could be where these uh, there's like a bunch of weirwood uh trees there yes. it's kind of like their uh networking closet you know yes. where, where like all the weirwood wood trees <laughs> yeah. meet and you have to reset the weirwood trees yeah. uh when it goes down yeah. uh but it's also where the children of the uh forest and the first men signed that initial treaty yes uh and it also could be where the night king was created so if there's any kind yes. of sacred magical native american burial ground where everything goes back to it could be th- that place yeah we think that because uh, i think it was some old breakdowns that we did where we saw that spiral symbol that the children right. of the forest use and the Night King and the White Walkers have reappropriated it and we found out that it's because the White Walkers were birthed from the children of the forest and that's why they reuse their symbols. Uh, that shot, that place where the Night King was created, we don't know exactly where that was. We don't know if it was north of the wall. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it was uh, somewhere south of the wall. And one theory is that that could be on the Isle of Faces where it was kind of the capital of the children of the forest. It's the last place where they ended up settling and to this day, we don't know much about it other than like a some cult of uh, of green men, I believe is what they're called, go out to Scots. That, they, they, they're yeah. the only ones who are allowed <laughs> yeah. on that aisle and they keep up the weirwood trees and they basically, I guess they, they're the guys who like light the torches under orchard trees to, to keep it, they, they keep it well kept. Mm-hmm. They're a groundskeeper willies who <laughs> make their way <laughs> yeah. out to this aisle. Um, and that could be where the Night King is headed because that could be the last known location of the children of the forest. And that might be his true objective in order to eliminate this threat of these uh, little uh, horrible elves Keeblers. who created him and brought him <laughs> into the world. That I mean, that would be interesting. It might be a little random for people who are watching the show without as dedicated of an understanding of the books. Sure, but at the same time, it's kind of like, hey, whatever happened to the Keeblers? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, if you were watching the show, it is one of the things that, you know, uh, we, we obviously, as we go through this, this season, we're going to be like wondering, hey, are they going to pay this off or going to pay that off? Uh, one of the things is kind of like, how about that whole involvement of the children of the forest, all the magic here, or is it going to, I don't think it's going to stay so political. Yeah, it's I gotta think go it's, into this it's got to have some mix, uh, but I feel like if it doesn't stay so political and doesn't go s- too much in the myth, I think it, then we're just talking about the main objective of the characters and their whole story arc with John and Daenerys and what their destiny is. Yeah, and who they're, who they're going to end up with, yeah. uh, which Jorah Mormon, I'm still hoping, <laughs> just finds his way back in there. And that actually could be the main objective of the Night King is this connection between John and Daenerys, right? Yeah, he's trying to join their friend zone. Yes. Yeah. Just the, all the people all that really are wants. in line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, waiting for for a spot with Danny. Uh, so, I mean, Barrison saw me. He's gone. Oh, he's gone. So there's well, a, there's room. You can't have too many suitors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking from experience, Eric. Uh, well, in my experience, you can never have enough. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the so but, but the point you're trying to make about if the Night King is motivated by not just John and not just Danny, but maybe their union, then you're talking baby. Yes. The baby that uh, probably exists, right? I mean, those eyes that they gave each other during the boat sex, those are 
Pregnancy, Unprotected yes. eyes. <laughs> yeah, you certainly. You know yeah. right away when it happens. I've been told. Right. Yeah. Well, and there's you, only you, one purpose to you have hear sex. Loud I've been pop. instructed <laughs> is to procreate. Yeah. Um, I had really terrible sex education growing up. Uh, it Real does, backwards. It does feel like in like narrative stories like this or whatever, like you know, any act of sex kind of results in a kid and that kid is like destined for some amazing story yes uh unlike very much real life <laughs> well we know <laughs> that or they're the... destined to host youtube videos <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah baby <laughs> the night king has a history of wanting male babies he got them from craster oh, oh right he does though <laughs> yes he yeah. does he kidnaps them he converts them into that's like his main way of uh procreation because it doesn't seem like the the white walkers can procreate the traditional way and this yeah. is a way that well, they Well there's a chance that that one who has the big staff and the horse whatever that could be a lady white walker we we don't know it got nice hair. Yeah, we don't yeah. yeah, but as far as we know we haven't seen any white walkers who are women. Right. As far as we know. Yes. And we don't know if this is a matter of like keeping their cuz it seems like they live forever once they're created. I mean the night king is thousands and thousands of years old himself. So I think as long as they don't accidentally trip and fall into some dragon glass, right. they're going to be fine. But I think he just wants to grow his numbers, not just like create an army of undead well, whites, but But what if I give you a, a stronger push of maybe there's a reason like why he needs to grow his numbers and it's not just the fact that I just want a, a literal bigger army, maybe there it, it's essential that so say we were saying the Azor or high theories earlier of mm-hmm. you know maybe Danny's is or high maybe John's is or high really great argument for their baby to be a Zora high right and you know I, I don't know that the Night King can do his little press on fingernail touch to your forehead to to adults but he certainly can do them to babies mm-hmm. so if it, that's a Zora high the person that's destined to kill them kill him and he knows that that's the truth then he's going back to the baby version he's terminatoring Right? Oh, he's right. Like, yeah, he's like he's John like, Connor. Yeah, or yeah. or, or, well, or he's Connor. like the T eight hundred that's yes. sent back to baby John Connor, uh-huh. uh, or or Linda Hamilton uh, when she <laughs> uh, just off offset. Uh-huh. Uh, but just the idea of like taking out this threat when you know it's the Hitler theory. Yes. Right? If you could go back in time, you got to kill a baby Hitler. It's it's part of it. What's really interesting on that is what if this baby is like baby Hitler and like Night King is like, look, you guys don't know. This gets so much worse. Wow. Night King did nothing wrong. Night King <laughs> yeah. is the protagonist hero. <laughs> of the story and it's really us who are the monsters. Yeah, I really like uh, uh, you guys taking that quote of Eric saying, the Night King did nothing wrong <laughs> and just like, just making you pay for that for the rest <laughs> yeah, of your yeah. career. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that is an interesting take, right? Like a lot of people are saying this baby uh, between John and Danny is if not Ozora Hire, the Prince of His Promises at least the Song of Ice and Fire you know, literalized right. on the show. Some people are saying John is already that Song of Ice and Fire, so why does this baby need to also be the Song of Ice and Fire? But we just don't know the circumstances or even if this baby exists but we don't know what the circumstances will be very interesting to see how that baby is born if he does or she does come to pass and what uh, significance they'll have on the show there's also uh, just a reminder that you know stark blood does have magic to it uh you know that's why uh most likely uh Bran is able to warg why they're able to have this special connection with the dire wolves oh, yeah. where they essentially are are all wargs uh targaryen blood famously also has that that connection to dragons so it's not insignificant it's not uh you know gilly's baby right (laughs) it's not just any baby yeah Yeah. it's a it's a pretty significant baby if that baby doesn't have well i I love what we don't even know if this baby exists but it's got to because they had sex once right Uh, but if it if it exists it has to be super important Yes, I think it, it must be. And if it's not like the fusion of uh, of two magical bloodlines, it could just be the perception of the fusion of those that is enough of a threat for the Night King to want to take it out or bring it into his own clan and his own race. I like the idea of the, the imagery you were just doing with your hands. So it's like the Night King will deliver the baby and he's like, you got this, Danny. Push, yeah, exactly. push. Yeah, yeah. Seven centimeters. I mean, it could be compared to Voldemort, right? Voldemort thought that Harry Potter was the, uh, the greatest threat and the prophecy so his thinking that harry potter was the threat ended up fulfilling his own prophecy and making harry potter the threat it could have been uh what's his face Longbottom, for all we knew no unless it was uh uh puberty uh powers of puberty uh i don't think it would we just need uh jk rowling to rewrite canon again to make sure everyone's gay now (laughs) everyone's gay and they make their poop disappear (laughs) (laughs) oh boy Uh, if you're keeping up with that that's great yes uh all right so uh uh, moving on we are going to get to more of your guys' questions. Oh my God, the Ravens. <laughs> they just uh, collided into a cage. Okay. Uh, we're going to get to more of your questions in a second. Um, and we're going to do some rapid fire ones. Yes. But new segment that we're going to bring up, uh, the death pool. Oh. Yeah. So Eric and I each, thank you, each oh. 
filled out a death pool. Uh, well, we started our ideas on a bracket for a death pool, um, but we're going to talk through a little bit of, of our thinking here. But you guys can actually play along with us on guessthethrone.com. So we're going to pick who we think are going to live or die during the, this final season of the show. But there is still time for you guys to join. Just search for the Westeros Weekly Pool on guessthethrone.com, and then you just enter and you can compare. We'll, we'll see your predictions compared to ours, compared to everybody else that enters. And obviously, we'll, we're going to give shout-outs to the people that are performing the best. And we're going to give a prize to the ultimate winner. And it could be Eric's job. Yes. It's, yeah. Take it. Yeah. This, if, if you can have a great uh, guess, the, guess the Throne pool, and if it's better than mine, you know what? You deserve to have this job. You deserve to have a job in, that will never deal with Game of Thrones again <laughs> for the show will be done. Yeah. But if you, can, if you can beat me on that, then <laughs> my head's off to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So you guys go there and you kind of consider these names as we're going to go through and consider some of them right now. But uh, we're just going to kind of like let you know our thinking on, on bracket sure. stuff. We don't, we're yeah. not going to have the same bracket, by the way. No. Just so yeah. you know. No, I don't want us have the same brand. All right. It doesn't work out well for us. <laughs> All right. Jon Snow. So uh, live or die. I, I mean, think I think Jon Snow is I think we're a yes on Jon Snow. And uh, only because I think the show will want to make a statement about Jon Snow's behavior and reward him with the opportunity to live. Right. He's he's adjusted and changed and he had he's a character that literally had an oath to death, right? And then he still changed away from that oath and did the most amazing thing of sleeping with a wildling. Yes. Uh, but he, but he showed that he was willing to bend, right? And yeah. bend the knee. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm down also. I think I think John's going to make it. Also, because, like, you know, don't kill a dude twice. Yeah. Uh, Danny. I think Danny uh, is a goner. And I think the telltale moment for me is in season seven when she had an opportunity to show that she was a wiser, more apt, and more able deserving ruler and she she executed the Tarleys just to make By it fire. And, and granted the Tarleys a lot of you guys point out in the comments they had an opportunity to bend the knee and they still didn't but she, they kind of forced her to that position where she had to execute them to make a point. But also like but, cooking isn't like the only form of execution. Right. right? She still had to uh, bend toward her uh, Flair for the dramatic. And yeah, I like think Ned Stark executed somebody in the pilot, and we think he's the most noble guy out there, right? It's not yeah. the execution. It's the yeah. fact that she kind of tortured them. I think her death will be something that will be used to motivate John into mm -hmm. whatever his, the next final phase of and his is journey is. part of the potential prophecy uh, uh, killing Nissa, Nissa uh, yes. if if that John is the prince that was promised. All right. This is a fan fave, so uh, you can see it going either way. Tyrion. Yes. I'm going to say Tyrion survives, and not only that, he becomes the most likely of the people we've seen to become ruler of what's, whatever's left over of Westeros. Interesting. And most deserving. I think George R. R. Martin has, obviously, if you read the books, Tyrion's the best character to, to read his chapters. He's the character you're most excited for, has the best line, seemed to be the wisest character on the show. And I think it would be a shame to, if George R. R. Martin's just like, you know what, no, it's not his story after all, and he doesn't deserve it. Well, that kind of like uh, is a slap in the face to the people that think that it's Samuel Tarly's story. Because uh, a lot of people do. A lot of I'm people think that. Them in the <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do think that it's like you know this is all a story that that Sam is is telling uh, in the future, right? And he's he's mm -hmm. recording the story, the Song of Ice and Fire, uh, and it's all he's you know the equivalent of George R. R. Martin. Uh, I just like that you're kind of like, or we just make it Tyrion. It's more I don't think fun. they're mutually exclusive. I think they both can like. Uh, the, Sam is the guy who writes down this song of ice and fire, and Tyrion is his historical source who he uh, talks yeah, to. Yeah, and then so Tyrion's a ruler. Sam like shaves his head and like starts speaking softly and becomes the Varys to, to Tyrion. That'd <laughs> yes. be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, I think I'm good on uh, Tyrion surviving. Me too. I think so too. Yeah. Arya. Okay. So I think that she is either going to, well, the bracket doesn't allow for this, but either going to disappear into the east. Uh, sorry, into the West. Uh -huh, yes. <laughs> the exact west opposite of, of why I said, yeah, yeah, to see what's west of Westeros. Uh, she's essentially going to be the Christopher Columbus or something, or the Magellan or something of, of that world. Or she dies. Yes. And she dies because she sticks too closely to needing to continue mm -hmm. crossing off names on her list. I think uh, I think it's a good way to think of it. Some people are saying, like, what kind of story is Game of Thrones going to be? Is it going to be like uh, Lord of the Rings, which ended famously with Frodo sailing off into the sunset? And are we going to get that kind of ending for Arya? Uh, or is it this new darker tale that George R. R. Martin... And he has said that while Lord of the Rings is probably his biggest literary influence on the show, and he, he loves Tolkien, uh, he has made some deliberate moves to not make it this kind of Tolkien-esque allegory for the triumph of the human spirit. No, he wants to show the depths of 
human treachery. So is he going to lean more into that kind of early in the books and early in the series uh, spirit of the show and allow for uh, characters to selfishly go after their ambitions, even to their own bitter ends. And for me, I think that's the direction Arya is going to go. Even though George R. R. Martin has said in the past that he's like, I always pictured Arya being there at the end of the show or at the end of the books. I always thought Arya would be the one to survive. Jo- George. The show doesn't have to go in the exact direction that George R. R. Martin had for the end. And even George R. R. Martin has said that the ending of his books will be very different from the show anyway. So I think the show will decide to end Arya tale by having her go on some kind of kamikaze suicide mission, yeah. some assassination mission, and she then goes she AWOL. gets her list complete, but then maybe has to write Ari at the top of the list in her final move and cross it out, yeah. and allows herself to expire. Uh, so, I, I like that because it also is, you know, we, we do a lot of, there's a lot of movies out there about World War II, and it's kind of like every everyone's so honorable, and you know, m- maybe that's, that's true, it was the, the greatest generation, people referred to it that way, but that's not the story that we've come to know here, Definitely. right? It's people that are like, yeah, maybe I'll fight in your war even though it's like clearly the biggest threat of of all time like Cersei is kind of like uh maybe not right our characters have selfish motivations and I think it'd be weird if they all were like all right now we all need to join forces and and humans versus white white like I don't that's not the show that he's he's or well that's not the story that George R. R. Martin is telling yeah I agree all right so uh she did I'm saying she dead. Is that what you're thinking? Presumed dead. So uh, currently, Philip and I have exact same bracket. All right, uh, Cersei dead. Uh, She got to die. Well, I will diverge for you just for the sake of this. I'm going to say Cersei survives, even though all my instincts are telling me that the show is going to kill her off. I think if I'm assuming that Arya is going to die, I think Cersei might survive. I think they go down together, maybe. Ah, that's probably a better way to say it. I want to write live then, so I'm going to. You do live, uh, I'll do die. Um, Oh, boy. Yeah, I I could see that thing where, like, maybe she. like somehow does survive, but then she has to like like hide her true identity because ev- everyone hates her now, and she has to like be a, a commoner now and mm-hmm. like clean poop. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh, Sansa. This is a hard one for me. Yeah. This is tough because I I don't see a version of this show, but it just seems like the, the trajectory of the show in recent seasons has been to be like, oh no no, Sophie Turner is a new star of this show. Get behind her. She's the able ruler. And I never went of the X Men franchise as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't. Uh, the Game of Thrones that I know and love doesn't have. Uh, Sansa as like a surviving hero at the end of it. But it seems like the Game of Thrones that has been the case in season six and season seven will allow Sansa to survive. Yeah, I think she'll live on that's I'll put live because I think that she'll be left with Winterfell and she'll have to keep uh, ruling over Winterfell. There's not really anybody else that's a, a good person for that. And John doesn't even really seem to want to. So if anything, maybe John gets the Iron Throne, but she's still the Warden of the North yeah. uh, or Ward, De- Ward, Ward Lady. Of the of the north, yeah. there's there's a different name for it. I don't remember what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'll put live. Yeah, I'll put live as well. All right. So uh, we're just gonna fly through some of these, uh, but we're we're not gonna commit to to these answers. But let's just go real fast. Uh, I'll say okay. So Bran, live or die. I'm gonna say die. I'm gonna say live. All right. Uh, Varys. Varys. Die. Die. He was promised <laughs> to die. Jamie yeah. Lannister. Ooh, Jamie. If his arc is complete of redemption, ooh. Die. I'm going to say die for yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Theon, uh, Theon Greyjoy, Greyjoy, die. die. <laughs> Just please put that. He's, he's a Hamlet figure, right? And we've d- described his arc as that of Hamlet avenging his father, whose uh, brother stole the throne from him. I don't and, know. Hamlet yeah. didn't suffer this much. Yeah. <laughs> like, man. Uh, sh- yeah. yeah. Uh, so die. Uh, Yara Greyjoy. Um, die. I think she'll go down in, in battle, probably uh, protecting Theon or I'm something. I'm going to say live. I think Euron's, I think uh, Theon and Euron are going to cancel each other out and Yara will go on to become the rightful ruler of the Iron Oh, that's not, not a bad one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Euron, I'm going to say I don't think he's going to survive. I think he's going to have the sickest death in season 8. I think Euron's death is going to be disgusting and kind of like the Ramsay Bolton death of this season. Oh, interesting. Uh, kind of. He's kind of earned it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll put die as well. Uh, Samuel Tarley, I think, will live. Yes, I think he has to be the one to uh, tell the story. Here. Yeah. Uh, let's see if there. Well, there's uh, so many names on this list. Yeah. I think we should just jump around jump a little around. bit uh, to ooh, Grey Worm. I think Grey Worm's gonna die. I think he's gonna die in the Battle of Winterfell, and we're all gonna cry. Me too. I think Masande uh, either could also go down like at the same time. You know, yeah. a little Romeo and Juliet or something, or. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, and then who else is interesting in here? Melisandre? Uh, Die. Yeah, I think Melisandre. Because it was She's in that moment sins. with Varys where she said, uh, I will, we, we'll see each other again. Or No, she said that to Arya. And I think Arya might be the one to kill Melisandre. Yeah, that's a good point. And then uh, of the names left, uh, of course, again, you guys can be filling out your own bracket uh, on guestthethrone.com. Look up the Westeros Weekly poll on there. Uh, but the last one I, I want to mention is, I mean, is the Night King still alive at the end of this thing? Oh, yeah. See, I'm going to or, say... Or, well, was he ever alive? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He's always been. But as the, li- the life that he currently has, I think, will not be around at the end of the show. I yeah. don't think... I think die. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So you guys should be filling out your bracket too. Uh, and we, again, we're going to give a shout out to whoever's doing the best on there. And we're going to give Eric's job uh, to whoever does yeah. the worst. I love uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but back to your Twitter Q&A questions. And it says, oh, God. Whoa. Uh, uh, <laughs> the effects are so real. Look at the three eyes on this thing. This it's is a very specific uh, Simpsons-esque uh, <laughs> version of a three-eyed raven. Yes. Uh, cool. So what's a, a Twitter question? This is a lightning round of Twitter questions, yeah. by the way. You guys have sent us to us with the hashtag Westeros Weekly on Twitter. You can keep doing that. Here we go. Eric, fire. All right, this is from, uh, let's see, Daryl Young, uh, BZ uh, Business. Uh, business, okay. <laughs> yeah. Is Tyrion a Targaryen? Ooh, good question. All right. So Tyrion's mother is uh, uh, Joanna Lannister, right? Yes. And we know that she got like friendly with the Mad King Aerys Targaryen like like real friendly uh, so there is rumors that they could have had an affair uh, and then on top of that there's the fact that Tywin Lannister was not just so mean to him but was always like you're no son of mine. I mean, right. you might have meant that literally. And it would kind of be a nice parallel to Catelyn Stark's energy with Jon Snow. Oh, uh, yes. Where it's this, like, look, I'll raise you, I'll feed you, but I'm very aware that you're some other dude's baby. Right. Yeah. Or some the, other woman. I mean, and case. Tyrion, yeah. of course, led to her dying in childbirth, so there's really no way to know the truth. And, and now Tywin is dead as well, so we don't really know how he's connected but some people are saying that Tyrion could be the third dragon rider they said the dragon right. has three heads and that prophesied vision Which, but now there's not three dragons so it's like right, not yeah, quite so as, as it necessary it doesn't work as neat also yeah. maybe one secret reveal of a major character being a secret Targaryen the whole time might be already one too many unless it's kind of yes. like uh, the Cylons of, of Battle uh, Battlestar Sorry, I was gonna say Battlefield Earth. Yeah, uh, very different property. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, but I don't know. Just because of the fact that Tyrion the Targaryen is like a stupid, funny uh, thing to say to get the alliteration of that. Yeah. They might do it. Like, they did Drogon the Dragon on the show. <laughs> His name was Drogon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was a typo. And it's like, yeah, I'll we'll, keep we'll it. We'll stick with it. Yeah. yeah, not everyone can be a uh, Targaryen. Okay. Okay, all right. Let's see. Careful. Uh, flying and uh, I like Raven. that this thing probably already had two eyes. And we're like, <laughs> hey, the I, third eye has to match the other two. I like how good the Ravens are at hovering. Yes. Near, just right above us. Not like, even flapping. Like wings. a drone. All right. This one's from uh, at Brian McDaniel Ashes or? Uh, no, sorry. That Brian McDaniel asks, uh, does Dario Naharis show up in season eight? Oh, that's a good Ooh. question. He's one of these loose thread characters, kind of like how Gendry was and then showed up again. So will that happen for Dario? Uh, well, we know that uh, Dario went off to join the Second Sons, a mm-hmm. team or an army of mercenaries in Essos when he left Danny, and that he was left in charge of Marine, uh, or he came from the Second Sons, and then he used his buddies and all the combined forces to take charge of Marine. And the Golden Company is now another uh, sellsword army from Essos that is making their way to Westeros to join the army army of Cersei and help defend King's Landing and, and whoever defeat whatever's left over. So maybe he could show up with the Golden Company. My like feeling against, is, against Danny though? Which, yeah, that's what's kind of crazy about it. I think we're done with that character. Yeah, uh, I think we're done with that actor. They'll show up oh, if he shows up, it'll be a third act. It, I mean, this is where you get McConaughey in finally. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. You need you need right. another cell sword. And, and now as promise promise yeah. you get an Animorphs oh, reference. Yes. Oh yes. Oh Tobias. <laughs> I understand there's still a soul inside you. <laughs> There How did go. that show end? Didn't they ram the Visser ship? Yeah. It wasn't a show at that point. <laughs> Two seasons and done. Hey, let's reboot Animorphs, will we? It's such a great project. You guys are here for Animorphs uh, yeah. breakdowns, right? You better be. <laughs> All right, this is from M.A.E. Fletch. Uh, wants to know, will Fletch? we hear the Night King talk? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I want... It's like uh, the if the Jaws... Uh, Jaws Shark was His like... His name was Jaws. Yeah, yes. the, uh, but if, it's like if he talked, right? If he was yeah. like such a uh, great threat, you just kind of constantly see him and he's like, I'm going to eat you. 
And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no, like yeah. you, we don't need that. Yeah. I kind of want him to talk at one point and have a real silly sounding voice. Yeah. <laughs> Danny DeVito. <laughs> but a really solid rap uh, uh, oh, yeah. cadence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh! Oh no! Another What's one. Next? Oh man, this is a busy raven. <laughs> where are these How, ravens coming from? We gotta oh, find out where he's these. I get it. Uh, uh, Twitter birds. All right, this one's from at Dylan F McKinnon asks. Ooh, man, I kind of almost forgot about this at this point. Who wins Clegane Bowl? Oh, right. Yes. So, uh, Clegane Bowl, uh, the race to the bottom of a cereal bowl. Uh, <laughs> like I, the mountain uh, and the hound. Yes. Uh, but no, uh, this, so this is just kind of the idea that these two need to fight each other. They're brothers. Yes. They're uh, they're tall. Uh, <laughs> and and any time two two tall brothers. Yeah, that's part. We saw them important. fighting in uh, the tourney of the hand in the very right. for, maybe not the tourney. It was yeah, it was the hands. It was a different mountain, Ned but, yeah. back. Yeah, different actor playing him. But they fought to defend Sir Loras Tyrell, uh, and the Hound just got all pissed off because he lost the joust and Cuts it seemed like the that was the horse. first start of the battle uh, because they had to go in there and and, uh, and the king called it to a stop. But uh, they made a promise. He's like, I'll fight you again someday, brother. And then, <laughs> and then he did. Uh, uh, I can't see me and right. then uh, he jumped out of the ring and then uh wrestlemania has got to be coming back at some point right and yeah. if it's going to be the character arcs that we're kind of always all hoping for then it's the hound will win that uh yes. but also it's this show and the mountain is already like a reanimated corpse yes so i don't know it could be like like a really sad but truth but he might the mountain might win it yeah yeah, I, I I think in this case it'd be best if they took each other out again. Yeah, doing all battles to be kind of like with Brienne and the Hound, where they it was kind of a uh, standstill, a draw. Yeah, a draw end. where the Hound's head gets crushed, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, like a watermelon. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh. uh, let's see. All right, if you guys are hearing those caca sound effects, by the way, we paid a lot of money to get those oh, real yeah. recordings. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. This is from at Munka S two four seven. Asked, does Jock and Hagar show up? Ooh, Jacques oh, and Hagar. Yeah. So the uh, faceless man who uh, gave Arya a coin that that she's already used up. Yes. So she he, he doesn't have that reason to show up anymore. Uh -huh. But does he show up in the events of Westeros? He's in Bravos the last we saw, mm -hmm. and dead kind of the last we saw. Right. He was he's such a confusing guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm actually alive. No, you've actually killed someone else. You've, he, he's never going to give you a straight answer. This one. This is also the mystery of like why was he in captivity in the first place when Arya first met him in season two? If he's supposed to be this badass ninja. Assassin, unless he wanted to be unless he wanted yeah. to be so we don't really know what this guy's story is but i think game of thrones has told as much of his story as they're going to tell in the show would be my guess i kind of hope we see him one more time but it's a little bit like the fanboy part of me not right. because i think they definitely he's not as will. much of a lingering loose thread as uh Nymeria was when we were asking where did that dire wolf go like we've had we spent a lot of time with him yeah, and, yeah. though sick reveal like right at the end uh you know the night king is about to kill john and then said hands john his hand and helps him up and then takes off his face and it's been jock and hagar the whole time yeah. and they become buds oh man <laughs> yeah that's that's how it should end. That's, you can yeah. have that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, ah! Oh, okay. That was a, a pained uh, groan <laughs> from the tired? raven. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> kind of. All right. Uh, this is from at Turtles Tweets. Asks, will Arya finish her list? Ooh, what do yes. you think? We kind of I think yes. That. I think that is uh, the list that was promised. List. When, when the bride in Kill Bill starts a list, you're setting up uh, your structure for your character's journey and you got to get back yeah, to it. Yeah, Chekhov's list. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think she'll at least get far enough down to it where we'll be down to one or something. And then, like we said, like, you know, the list might cost her her own life. Right. It could be like a big uh, moral decision that she gets to at the end where she has to decide is finishing her list worth it? She's down to one last list, is killing certain or killing Melisandre or whoever else yeah. is on it. Uh, and maybe that's the way her character grows beyond these past conflicts right. and turns into someone new. What's tough is that you uh, also, she kind of has already done things like that, right? Like she left the Hound alive, but he technically was on her list. She'll probably uh, re-encounter Beric Dondarrion, who's, yes. who's been on, on her list, mm -hmm. Melisandre. I mean, so maybe it won't be the exact version of the list that we were most familiar with, but she has some uh, depths to pay. Yes, the yeah. list is going to come back for sure. Yeah, I also like the idea that the dead people... Who, oh, sorry, one sec, Raven. I just had a quick point to, to make. Uh, the, the Raven's uh, hovering above yes. us. Uh, just, I just think it's funny that if she does get through all the lists and then the Night King just reanimates everyone from her list, oh, she's yeah. like, oh, damn it. Yeah. Just yeah. to start all Unfurl over again. the list. All right, Raven, bring it in. Yeah, caca. All right. Oh. Uh, 
a dirty raven. All right. Uh, let's see. He's a good raven. <laughs> Damn dirty ravens. Uh, at I am Sandeep. Uh, SD asks, who will be the Shireen style? Oh, no. The Edward she- Sheeran style yeah. uh, cameo this season. Uh, well, we could do both. We could Shireen uh, Ed Sheeran's character yeah. and uh, uh, have the same end. Okay. So Ed Sheeran is uh, was there because the actress that plays Arya is just a big fan of his music. So is it just like another British rock star is going to be the the cameo this season? Oh, like uh, Coldplay? Mumford and Sons or something? <laughs> yeah, are uh, they British? I don't even know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I I kind of hope they don't. Like a lot of late in the series shows do this. Like Lost worked in some random cameos in the final season. They got Rob McElhinney to play one of yeah. the random island people. I just remember that uh, uh, Sophie Turner, isn't she like going to marry Joe Jonas? Oh, is uh, she? Yeah. So life? that's my call. Joe, Joe Jonas is going to show up as like a third uh, stark looking, Baratheon looking, like black haired uh, type guy. Wait, what, does Joe Jonas play like a post puberty Rob Aaron at the end? <laughs> like, uh, oh uh, my, oh my. Uh, uh, <laughs> you age up well yeah, up in the air. Up don't in you? that uh, tower. Yeah. 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 But he's uh, still like a huge dick and very sickly <laughs> still yeah just an attractive uh, sickly yes uh and then uh what do we got what do we got craven here's another question from uh let it go <laughs> ow it's like uh attack me uh at snatch <laughs> snack huddleston uh asks uh who's brian gonna hook up with jamie or torment Oh, I mean, why you got to be one? <laughs> why not both? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Jamie's probably the destined way, but man, I hope Tormund gets a piece of the action. Yeah. I mean, it feels like the kind of thing where it's like, if, if it were a different show, it'd be that thing like, like Tormund, like, you don't want to die a virgin, do you? <laughs> you know, that kind of awkward conversation. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know that she'll hook up with anybody, right? I think yeah, she might I think get, that's like, uh, shipping too hard. Let's just let her have her own journey where she doesn't have to settle down. Yeah, someone. I mean, uh, she might not be into men, right? right? She that's might have, like, true. respect. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Maybe if she's there's a platonic justice, connection with yeah, Jamie, yeah. that may need to be all. If there's any person that, that it just would be perfect for, she's already there, it's Podrick. He's the yeah. only man that's that can right. wield that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for watching and listening West, uh, to Westeros Weekly. Uh, thanks uh, for subscribing to this right here, the New Rockstar channel, but also, uh, again, very important, uh, if you subscribe to us on iTunes to the podcast version, the Westeros Weekly podcast stream. It's not just this show. It's all of our Game of Thrones coverage. It's our theories. It's our Eric's breakdowns that are going to come in. And again, it comes out earlier on the podcast than it does on the YouTube channel. And by like a significant amount, out. So please, please, please subscribe to that. It also helps us a lot if we can uh, rank. It actually is pretty important for us to support the show. If we, if you ever see us uh, in iTunes podcast, if you go to like all charts and then go to TV and film, it's like a very small group. And then go like hosted by guys named Eric and Philip. Uh, <laughs> as long as we, we rank high in that, it helps us a lot to, yeah. to support uh, this show. So help us uh, rank and uh, share it with your friends because new subscribers is how it, it ranks. Yes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at New Rockstars. Tweet those questions to us. You'll be in the show like this was, and it'll be brought by Raven. So it'll stop at your house, get your question. Yes. Uh, you submit via, via Twitter too, uh, at uh, West, or hashtag Westeros Weekly on those. That's how we find them, how the Raven finds them specifically. Follow me at Fimo and at Philip Molina. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you have two? That's my Instagram and my Twitter. Oh, yes. And you can yeah. follow me on Twitter and Instagram at EA Voss. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. See it's, you next week. Uh, <clears throat> I wet myself. <laughs> <laughs>